0: Welcome to Lincoln. We're a city smack dab in the middle of the country. We're a city that's home to Nebraska's state government, the University of Nebraska, and a host of thriving businesses. We're a city that's loaded with things to do, places to go, and friendly people to meet. This podcast, simply called Lincoln, is designed to help you get to know the people of Lincoln, what makes them tick, and why they're excited to live here. Each episode will feature another of our residents just talking about who they are, what they do, and how they got here. I'm Randy Bretz, and joining me for these conversations is Marilyn Moore. And now, let's meet someone who makes Lincoln their home. We're good to go. Well, our guest today is someone that, uh, if you've lived in Lincoln for the last 10 or 15 years, you certainly know Chris Beitler because Chris Beitler served as our mayor for, what, 12 years, right? 12 years, 12 yes. years, 12, the 12 best years that Lincoln's had in a long time. And and before that, you were a state senator. And I don't know anything about your life before then. So, But uh, why don't we start, Chris, by asking you to share your Lincoln story. How did you end up in Lincoln?
1: Well, I started in Nebraska. My folks were uh, both from farm families. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, My grandparents uh, always lived in Richardson County, and I have a long and deep relationship with Richardson County, not by virtue of my living there, but by virtue of their living there. Uh, My dad and mom moved off the farm uh, to Omaha. uh, And that's where uh, my father was educated at Creighton. Uh, then uh, he, he traveled a little bit, moving from one job to another. But to make a long s- story short, uh, by fourth grade, I was back in Omaha in uh, St. Bernard's Catholic Grade School. Mm-hmm. Uh, went from there to Benson High School, switched over to public education, uh, and then uh, basically grew up in Omaha. Uh, when college uh, came around, uh, I was in a position where, uh, intellectually, where I, I wanted to see the rest of the world a little bit. And so uh, I left Nebraska to go to college on the East Coast, uh, had a great college experience, lots of contrasting Nebraska to other places by virtue of a national population of of the college, uh, and uh, then uh, after college, uh, inspired by uh, President Kennedy, uh, I went off into the Peace Corps to mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. the rest of the world a little bit. Uh, So where did you serve in the Peace Corps? Served in Turkey. In Turkey. So I got exposure, I traveled to several of the countries of the Middle East that have been problematic all my life uh, in terms of political stability. So I got to see a lot there, Um, and uh, then uh, I came back to law school. Uh, I always knew I wanted to come back to Nebraska, uh, to Nebraska, and then I wanted to be involved in public service in Nebraska, so I uh, came back to Nebraska Law School. Uh, then Vietnam heated up, and uh, a draft was in place. Uh, I ended up volunteering for the United States Army. It turned out to be a, a great experience for me in a personal sense. Uh, I served my entire time in, in Bangkok, thailand i didn't know that saw a lot of asia flying around doing my duty in in the army uh, army finance corps Uh, then uh, came back and finished law school in lincoln Uh, klein williams was interested in in my practicing law with them and so that's how Fundamentally, the decision was made between Lincoln and Omaha. Okay, Uh, and I have been here ever since, and totally happy about it.
0: You've made a great impact on this community, not only uh, from being mayor, but I know as as a state senator, you uh, did some great things that uh, helped helped Lincoln along. in In your time here and in my time here i've we've we've seen this city grow. Talk a little bit about that. you think that's a good thing?
1: Oh, I do think it's a good thing uh the uh, there are lots of great things about Lincoln that were uh great things before I came on the scene uh the the location of the university here the location of state government here uh, and certain patterns had been established uh, migration patterns from the uh rural as rural areas of the state to Mm -hmm. lincoln and to omaha uh but uh i think that uh, growth in omaha and lincoln has been absolutely essential just in the very fundamental uh on the very fundamental question of of keeping our population here in nebraska right. uh-huh. uh but growing is uh a question of being competitive in the world also um uh, and, uh, I think that a place needs to, uh, keep growing, uh, and keep on the, uh, uh, the exploratory side of emerging technologies. Uh, because if you're, if you're not growing and not looking to the future and not open to change then it's not a matter of just stabilizing. It's a matter of decline, uh, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you can grow too fast uh, or you can grow too slow. Uh, But uh, I think uh, Lincoln was in a position of being a little slow. And I think we're on a faster trajectory now. Uh, And I think that will be a good thing if managed right.
2: One of the things that I've uh, observed in your leadership is that I'm um, there. I think there's several values that come forward. One is um, broad and intentional um, inclusivity of diversity in all of its forms. Another is a strong passion for the arts. Another is strong passion for entrepreneurship, and another is. Uh, big ideas dreaming of big ideas and making them happen and uh, I'm just curious where those came from and um, what in what ways did you pull them all together or in in what ways were there um, projects that you undertook successes that happened um, things that grew in the community because of those values I think you strongly live those values
1: Oh, Marilyn, where do where do I begin? With <laughs> Start all with diversity. Of
2: because Lincoln is a much more diverse community than it was when when you came back from um from your time in the in in the service.
1: Yeah. Well, diversity is uh, uh it, it is the way of the world now. Yeah, the, the idea that the world's getting smaller. Uh, is, of course, true in the sense of exchanges of information, exchanges of populations. Uh, And being comfortable with diversity uh, is an absolute necessity, I think, for every society that wants to compete in the world these days. Uh, Just from an economic point of view, uh, not even getting into the more important questions of what is fair and, and what is equal and, and how do you uh, look at cultural differences uh, uh, and questions like that. Uh, but here in Lincoln, uh, as you know, we've always had fuller employment than in other sections of the country, generally, a more stable uh, economic society, but also slower in growth, uh, and so if we wanted to blend into the world and be competitive, competitive in the world, uh, I think it's it was absolutely necessary to be sure that this place felt comfortable uh, to immigrants who, by the way, by the time I got in office, were coming here in large numbers anyway, uh, due to our uh, very welcoming uh, institutions with regard to uh, immigration. Uh, And so it seemed to me that for a whole variety of reasons, uh, encouraging diversity uh, and immigration, were and are important topics.
2: During that same time frame, there's just been uh, an explosion of entrepreneurial um, companies, businesses, startups, people in the community. From your observation, what what is it that um, what is it that nurtures entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, well, I think it's a, a variety of things but i think probably most importantly uh it's it's a combination of two things it's a combination of people in power who are willing to devote resources to the nourishment of uh, entrepreneurs uh but I think it's also a communal attitude towards their importance or non-importance in the community, uh, and so we we tried to do uh, two things. We tried to be great partners in every instance that we could as a city uh, to entrepreneurial activities. We tried to be in a a leadership position of of saying this is a right direction. We'll win some, we'll lose some, but this is change. And this is a period of time in history where there are enormous tools suggesting that major change was coming in information technologies and the implications and consequences of, of these emerging technologies. Uh, and not to be uh, encouraging entrepreneurialism in, in those areas would have would have been a crime, I think.
0: <laughs> I can remember uh, back when the, the West Haymarket was taken off. There were all the cranes in downtown Lincoln and and uh, you and I talked a little bit, and, and I said, I think it's exciting, but also what's exciting is what's happening under those cranes. There's a coffee at the Crescent Moon coffee shop down at Haymarket on Thursday mornings, and you said, I'm going to go to that. And I can remember you showing up at that coffee, and it's mostly for entrepreneurs every Thursday morning. They were just thrilled that the mayor would come and see what they were up to. And I think that that contributes to what you just said of showing them that they're welcome and they're and they're and we want them in the in our community.
2: It's a very visible signal. very visible signal of what you said: a community that supports that mm-hmm. and empower and people in power that think it's important. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I, one of the lessons that it was hard for me to learn is 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 the simple matter of how much people care about just being thanked yeah. for what they do, whether the matter is small mm. or large. And for much longer than I should have, I devalued the the, the important the importance of saying thank you to people and going out of your way to say thank you uh, and to create ways of saying thank you but it's such a simple thing and yet it is a part of of leadership Mm -hmm.
2: when i was um driving back into the in into the center of the city from fallbrook the other day and i come over the viaduct on on 180 and look to the right and see all all of the development in the west hay market which was not there 15 years ago and so when i think about dreaming big dreams that was a huge big dream and uh, i kind of look at it and think and and it happened it happened right here in the city and there was nothing about it that was luck it was i mean there may have been some lucky things that happened along the way but it was it was really intentional and the result of a lot of forces coming together lots of people lots of plans i'm I wonder what that feels like to you when you see that. And I wonder what that felt like to you when you were in the middle of of, of making it happen and drawing other people in and watching it happen.
1: Well, obviously it was enormously exciting from from beginning to end. Uh, and it came uh, at, at such an odd time in the economic cycle. Yes. Because as you know, the second worst economic conditions uh, of all time existed in the nation mm-hmm. uh, with that uh, recession that we experienced uh, just before we built the arena. Uh, but I've always felt very lucky in that I think there were a lot of people individually, a lot of groups and organizations that were tired of stagnation and ready to take risks. Uh, And they had worked on plans uh, and we were able to come into an office at a time when uh, society was, I think, ripe for change. Uh, And willing, obviously, in the end they were willing to uh, to take a big risk, uh, and uh, I I just have such a, a, a deep faith in Nebraskans <laughs> and and <laughs> well, their work good. ethic and their sensibilities uh, that you know I I was emboldened just by the thought that my God they're gonna move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we and we need to shape this in a way that will be successful. And it and to me, it represented uh, a kind of set of opportunities that uh, I was not able to achieve in the legislature, in the sense that Republicans and Democrats appreciate good management. That doesn't come from the right or the left. That's mm-hmm. everybody wants that. Uh, and so uh, I think we were able to do that and coalesce a community in a way I could never coalesce senators, 49 senators on the floor of the Nebraska, uh, bring together senators on the floor of the Nebraska legislature.
0: I heard so, people talk about, uh, and it's it's related to this, the, the partnership uh, public and private, where the the public city— went to the private sector, to businesses, if you will, and said, let's work together to make this happen. And I know in many cities around the country that doesn't happen. The city and the business community and often the education community don't work together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a, I hesitate to call it a secret, but is there a secret ingredient that you think Lincoln has that, uh, that makes that happen?
1: Well, uh, I think there are a lot of ingredients. Again, going back just to the to the to the basic qualities of the people and open mindedness towards uh, ideas themselves, and an ability to distinguish ideas from personalities and people. Uh, I I think there's a good climate for that in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, the hard part of it all, I think in Nebraska is, is just getting over the idea that active government uh, is and always has been a force for beneficial change not in every instance, but mm-hmm. by and large. I mean, Nebraska forgets so easily that the the railroads and the, the subsidies to the railroads and the free land uh, that people got to start the first farms mm-hmm. in Nebraska, that those were all partnerships between private people and private organizations and, and government working together. Um, and so uh, I think people were willing to uh, engage and recognize the benefits of that partnership, rightly understood and, and moderately applied. Uh, and uh, so, uh, we were able to establish partnerships, and and that was a key to everything that's happened. Um, I think that uh, that is probably the most important thing, that needs to continue mm-hmm. to happen, and I hope that it does. It
2: seemed to me that that partnership also just obliterated a lot of political partisanship because people from uh, all, all spectrums of, of political lives came together in those partnerships and that, that just removed that element from the table. So then you could focus on what, what's the big dream and how do we put the pieces together to make it there
1: yeah well, I think everything is a matter of degree mm-hmm. uh, and I think what what you're observing definitely happened uh, but it's not something that here or elsewhere continues to happen without continuing right. cognizance of of the factors that make it happen or mm-hmm. make it stop happening
0: uh, we we've talked uh around and about the, the West Haymarket Market and the arena and all of that development, which has been a good thing. And I think when the history books are written, uh, that'll there'll be a huge thing in bold after your name. Chris Beitler really helped with these. Is there uh, something in the 12 years you've you had at Lincoln that was a, a, a challenge that or a disappointment that uh, you, you maybe wish had gone a different way?
1: You know, uh, hmm. there's there's nothing. I'm probably forgetting something, but there's 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 nothing that I see as or feel as a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things we've we tried to do, and that was to take on the things. Not to insist upon things that were the in in highly controversial areas, especially if one there didn't really seem to be a practical way of getting something done in that area, mm-hmm. there wasn't a social consensus on it. Uh, there were so many things that did need to be done that Uh, The process of probing and determining whether action uh, and time spent on something would be productive was a process that we would go through. Uh, And there were so many good things to do that we didn't uh, spend a lot of time trying to get things done that probably would have consumed huge amounts of time and maybe couldn't have been done anyway. Uh, and I, I always think that's important to recognize what kind of a council you have and, and what they're interested mm-hmm. in. And you know, many times there are just many projects that everybody's interested in, and do those, get them off the table. Move ahead.
2: pretty, a pretty practical filter of first first, is this doable? Yeah. And, and as you said, there were lots of needs and lots of them that could be done. So it focused there.
1: Yeah.
0: For years uh, in, <clears throat> in my professional life, I focused on uh, I'm not a good numbers person. So I tried my best to learn more about budgets and managing budgets and so on. And then finally I read Clifton's Strengths book. And I thought, well, I should just let people that are good with numbers focus on that. And I'll focus on what I'm good at. And that sounds like that's what you're saying is uh, was good for the city of Lincoln. Was uh, you know what's Lincoln really good at? What does Lincoln really need? And what do people want to uh, want to work together on? And
1: yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean we got everything done. No, I mean, there are there's lots still of a things. list. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when, there are. No, go ahead. There are a couple of things I I wish the city would would give a lot of thought to in the, in the not too distant future. Uh, One has to do with water and water supplies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and relates to another issue, uh, which is really the bigger issue, and that is uh, cooperation with Omaha and communities around Omaha and a more intense focus on finding those things that we were just talking about that Omaha and Lincoln can do together to their transportation systems, uh, 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 trains and, and buses and and uh, all kinds of airports. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that uh, 50 to 100 years from now when we're one metropolitan area, we'll be wondering why we didn't do these things together <laughs> yeah. instead That's of really separately. Uh, And one opportunity coming straight in front of us, the need for which was emphasized uh, this last winter, uh, is our water system. Uh, The vulnerability of our water system on the Platte River was exposed. Uh, The long-term need not to get into fights with the rural areas over water coming down the Platte only. Uh, for a whole variety of reasons, Omaha's needs included, uh, we need to work on a very large infrastructure project with Omaha to be sure that there's, there are reinforcing water supplies for Lincoln uh, and that neither city is vulnerable to uh, a dearth of, of water. And the second thing... That I'm hoping uh, folks in Lincoln will pick up on, and this will be this will be more difficult, but when you start to think of <coughs> excuse me, when you start to think of Lincoln as a competitive place in terms of attracting young people and families, I mean, we talk to people constantly as to why they should uh, live in Lincoln, why, should they, they, why they should come here and be a part mm-hmm. of our society, and, and uh, we emphasize uh, what's, uh, what's most important to them or what should be most important to them is not the glamour of the unusual, but what is their day-to-day life? going to be like, what kind of quality is going to be there in their day to day living. And uh, getting them to think about how much more important that is than uh, the occasional extraordinary Mm -hmm. things like recreating in the mountains or or on the beaches Mm -hmm. might be, uh, especially to young people. Uh, and we do have such high quality of services in, in important, important areas fire and police and 911 services, uh, infrastructure services of different types. Uh, the under education, uh, I should have mentioned that first, <laughs> Marilyn, uh, public education, free education, too. Which uh, doesn't exist at this qualitative level in many parts of the country. Uh, All of these fundamental things that make life easy and fun and relaxed on a day to day basis, uh, we have, and the big cities don't have them the way we have them. So trying to uh, uh, talk to people about. The affordability here and the ability ability to have both uh, the high quality everyday life and the ability to experience uh, uh, things in other places by virtue of the resources made available by afford by
0: the affordability of the quality of life here. I had thought of it as uh, as you said, day to day life. Mm-hmm. I, I often tell people I can commute from. My house downtown in eight minutes, and a few things like that. But mm. I like I like this point about the day to day life.
1: Another part of our day to day life, picking up on that a little bit, that I that I think can be a really great selling point for the city is the recreational opportunities afforded to us uh, by our parks and recreation system. Uh, hence the Prairie Corridor and the whole idea of uh, uh, an extensive development of what we had before in terms of being a signature place for tall grass prairie. But I think a metric that showed Nebraska that showed Lincoln with one of the very highest per capita. Uh, per capita percentages of green space, uh, Mm. parks of different types, uh, that that could be a great selling point. Uh, We don't have mountains. We don't have the ocean. But we have trails and prairie and green space of all types. We could add Wilderness Park. We could add uh, Pioneers Park to our metric of green space, uh, there are opportunities by virtue of the relatively uh, cheap price of land here to to build that uh, amenity to uh, a point of it being above and beyond every place else.
2: And in fact, people who have moved here from other places frequently comment on the trail system and they comment on the parks. There are parks everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's within six blocks of public green space or something like that. I I think it's one of I, it's one of Lincoln's wonderful features that most of us who live here and have lived here for decades just take for granted and we don't even realize what a big deal it is. Yeah. But newcomers yeah. newcomers to our city remark on that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned the prairie corridor and I bet there are people Listening, that have no idea what that is, even though it's been publicized. Well, talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, uh, I think most people in the city uh, probably know or may know that that we're in uh, a, a geographic space which consti- which did constitute prior to our our pioneers showing up here, tall grass prairie. Uh, mm-hmm. Extensive uh, tall grass prairie, buffalo country, obviously, uh, and that's the that's the signature landscape uh, of of this area. And so, what we're trying to do is to build on 500 acres of tall grass prairie at at uh, Pioneers Park and find a way of extending it uh, south uh, and westward uh, to the nature center uh, out at spring creek uh, which is 11 or 12 miles away and the idea is to build a prairie corridor between those two places help spring creek expand Uh, Expand Pioneers Park. uh, Restore prairie on uh, several thousand acres. uh, Build prairie marathon. uh, Lots of things you can do with trails and Mm -hmm. recreational opportunities. uh, Build into the idea of preserving uh, wildlife and plant life and, and... nature and endangered species.
0: Uh,
1: you know, Joel Satori has his photo arc. What a, what a wonderful endeavor that has been, his photography as it relates to endangered species. Uh, and maybe what we do here is establish a kind of arc for the, the kinds of wildlife and the kinds of plant life that, that live here. Uh, but it could also be uh research at the university it's just there's so many parts to it that uh if we could get that done and that's a long term project uh if we can get that done uh it would it would be a signar- a real signature piece for the for what we've called the prairie capital I
2: just thinking so. it. it- Honors the geography of where we live. Um, it honors the environment. It 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 purposefully preserves um, our our geographic history and um, and and is just a rich space for uh, for recreation, for learning, for connections in, in in all kinds of ways. I'm I'm excited about it, and I really appreciate your continued leadership
1: of it. Well, and that's one thing I want to uh, do what I can to continue to help. And all volunteers are welcome. Mm-hmm. Are we taking calls? <laughs> <laughs> we should.
0: <laughs> uh, dial 1 800 Chris Beitler. go. <laughs> uh, you can volunteer for this. <laughs> We've talked about, uh, uh, I think, a very important long range uh, need for water and, and uh, transportation. And our park system, we have an electric system that uh, is I think second to none uh that's that's you know actually a public utility. Mm-hmm. What other aspects of the city are you especially proud of that you think that Lincoln really shines in uh, well,
1: if you want to start with our public safety uh units, mm-hmm. police and fire and nine one one uh You know that's over half our budget uh and for most people it's probably uh the half of the budget that they're most concerned about uh all rightfully so um and i'm I'm extremely proud of of uh all of those units uh especially well you could you could just talk about a lot of things but let me just say that with regard to the police department uh, their concept of community policing and their involvement with the mentally ill with with generally understanding the the causes of crime and getting and getting to people whether they're youth or folks with mental health problems or folks with physical problems, whatever, uh, getting to the root causes of of crime and and, and police helping with those root root mm-hmm. causes mm-hmm. Uh, has been a tremendous advantage to this community uh, and the way. Uh, police treat in conjunction with that and community policing the way the police treat minorities and make a point of, of being careful about sensitivities and understanding sensitivities. Uh, it's just a very enlightened police department uh, and I'm very, very proud of them. And I hope the community policing concept will build and, and continue.
0: The three of us represent uh, an older generation. That uh, you know, I'm retired. Were you including me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're retired. Marilyn's retired. Although uh, I don't think any of us uh, sit around and stare out the window very much. But uh, that's my preface to my question: Is uh, what guidance would you give to younger generations of? where can they best get involved and what can they do to help keep the city uh, on the move
1: oh uh, wow um, i think that with the modern communication social media of different forms there are so many ways of volunteering. There are so many ways of finding out what's going on in the community. Uh, There are so many ways to pick up with your career after working with family, maybe for a number of years. Uh, People, I think, just need to... uh, if they want to make a difference, just need to pitch in and start identifying what makes them feel good uh, and to go to work you know, on a volunteer basis or a paid basis with mm. with uh, what's going on in the city. There are just innumerable opportunities, whether it has to do with profits or for profits or uh um, our city government um, just just the will to want to help with change i think there are enormous opportunities
2: I'm curious what you read
1: <laughs> well <laughs>
0: He's got a pile of paper in front of him. I know you read a lot of uh, notebook or notes. I can't.
1: I can't tell you how much I used to read. <laughs> but to be honest with you, in recent years, most of my reading has been technical Absolutely. papers and that kind of thing, uh, not the broad kind of reading that I started doing uh, when I when I was a boy. I used to sell. Greeting cards, door to door. Really? Because I could take all of that money and buy modern library books, it's kind of cheap classic mm-hmm. uh, books, and I I read so many of those uh, that uh, uh, I I I did have a meaningful reading pattern mm-hmm. all my life, mostly history uh political history uh novels uh the classic novels uh and so in the last month since i've retired uh i've I've read antonius's meditations <laughs> he was a Roman emperor as you may know mm-hmm. uh and I read uh, a book called The Book of Days, which is by a Latin American author, where he identifies for every day of the year, he's read back through history and identified uh, things that happened on that day. On that oh, I've day. heard of that. I've heard of that. And yeah. pointed out the ironies and the, and the strangeness of life uh, through that process. Newspapers? I'm getting started. You are getting started. Newspapers?
2: Several different, several a day?
1: Uh, No, not several a Mm -hmm. day. The Journal Star, the World Herald, most days. Uh, But uh, uh, I I, I, I need to get back in. (laughs) I will get back into that more. I think you
2: will relish that. Yes. It will will feed your ideas. Mm
0: We've asked you some interesting probing questions. Is there anything we haven't asked you that you're just dying to to share? Uh,
1: No, but uh, what I need most of all is, is for, probably for people to encourage me to keep my distance and let the current Council and mayor do their thing because they have lots of great ideas. Yeah, Uh,
0: that's that's tough. I know.
1: Yeah, somebody uh, wrote me a letter and advised me. You know, the hardest thing about retirement. This was another public official. He said the hardest thing about retirement was you just have to learn to bite your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) So.
0: Well, thank but. you very, very much for sharing a, little bit, a slice of life uh, and what it's like to be Chris Beitler, and, and uh, thank you for your leadership in our city.
1: Well, it's all been my
0: pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening in as we talk with someone who helps make Lincoln special. If you live here, drop us a note and let us know what you think about Lincoln. If you've moved away, Well, we'd love to welcome you back. And if you've only heard about or visited Lincoln, we just know you'd love it here. Join us again and catch someone from Lincoln talking about why they love Lincoln and why you should too.